Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email. My guest today, this is gonna be the this is gonna be the guys who've been around conversation. Jay Schwedelson, uh founder of Subject Line, president of Outcome Media, and guy with a whole lot of experience in this media space. Jay, welcome. Thanks for thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, uh, blowing that conference that. business on top of it. So we'll talk about that as well. Um uh, it's probably impossible to summarize in in the length of an elevator elevator trip, but the the work that you do and the people you work with who do things for clients. What's the what's the focus? What's the commonality? Yeah, so we really call ourselves a media agency now, a direct response media agency um, called Outcome Media, focusing on obviously on outcomes. We are in traditional direct response channels like like direct mail, but we're also very heavy in the email space. We're heavy in podcast advertising, digital advertising, you know, paid social, things of that nature. Um, we also have some uh, thought leadership stuff, so some free tools out there like subjectline.com that people use to check their subject lines. And um, then we just launched this crazy events business we, we can get into. But basically, we're a media organization focused on stuff that's measurable. Gotcha. Media organization stuff that's stuff that's measurable. Okay, like I like that distinction. Um, you mentioned it, and I definitely wanted to talk about it. So maybe we could start there. Subjectline.com. Did I see that you just celebrated subject line number fifteen million? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, <laughs> subjectline.com has been an interesting ride for us because um, I never anticipated having a website that we put out there. And what happened was this going back eleven to twelve years ago. We're doing a lot of email work for our clients and invariably, what do they ask? They say, which is the subject line? And, you know, we like try to come up with, here's a subject line. Let's go with it. See how it does, you know? And internally we were just, you know, just pulling it out of, you know, making it up as we went along. We're like, there's gotta be a better way. Maybe we can make a tool. So we made this little tool internally where all of our you know, team members can go and put a subject line and it, it aggregated information from all the campaigns we were doing. All the time we were sending it, like what was making something open more or less? Uh, was it a word? You know, was it a bracket? Was it uh, an exclamation point? Whatever it was, and we made this tool, and it would spit out a very. It was a very simple tool, and you know, it was going well for it. So you know, what maybe we should let other people do this thing. Yes. So I went on GoDaddy. I'm sitting on my couch one night, eleven, twelve years ago. I go, what should we call this thing? <laughs> I'm like, well, I we should call it subjectline.com. You know, so I went on there. And I remember it was like five hundred dollars. Where it was, oh, that's expensive for you know a URL. I'm like, ah, screw. It. So we buy this. We buy subjectline.com. We put up the thing, and I had no intention of people really start to use this thing. But lo and behold, people started checking their subject lines, and we've always we added more and more to it. So now you go there, you put in your subject line, it gets you a score, how good or bad it is, and it's very basic. You know, uh, uh, we don't pretend to make it some sort of fancy, you know, AI or something, you know, crazy mathematical, whatever we want it basic. And really it's for the masses to be able to say, okay, am I missing any low hanging fruit that can get my emails to get open? And it has a bunch of different information or whatever. So yeah, we just checked our 15 millionth subject line. We're really proud of that. And the thing I'm most proud of is that it's totally free, you know, and that's what we want just to have a tool for the whole planet to use. And, um, and so that's been fun. That, that's quite something. Do you remember what the 15 millionth subject line is? <laughs> it's so lame too. Somebody asked me that. So we looked it up and you know, the problem is when people go there, they'll check, like they'll put one subject line in, they won't get the score they like. So they'll check like 10 more. Yeah. Right. Until they get the score they want, but it's like, it's very like, it's like join our webinar tomorrow, you know, something yeah. very lame, you know, it's yeah. not like yeah. Batman is cool or something. You know, it's very lame. <laughs> So it's anti the, 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 the subject line and by subject line, in this case, I'm talking subject line and email as are you, it's a funny artifact because it's a little thing, but it's huge. Huge. Subjects. It, it's everything. It's everything, right? Like the way email has evolved to work. If, if that, if that's lame, doesn't matter which put inside the envelope, does it? It's, it's wild because, you know, when we're with these big brands and what do they do? They'll come up with the greatest offer or piece of content that they worked forever on. They paid a zillion dollars for it. Then their agency develops this creative, oh my God. And then legal approves it and it meets their brand guidelines. And now they're ready to send it out. And we're like, well, what's your subject line? They go, I don't know. You know, we'll spend three seconds. <laughs> you know, if they don't get that thing right, who cares? 
who cares about all the other stuff you just worked on? It's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. The other thing I love about the subject line is it doesn't matter if you're a small one person company or you're Google or whoever, we all get the same real estate. That's we all get the same real estate to try to stand out with. And so it's not like a lot of other media where you could spend a boatload of money and you're the top listing and you're this, you're that. We get the same chance. Everybody's equal. And, and I, and I like that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say that because we were chatting beforehand. One of, one of the things, one of the things that matters to me about the email space is that the level playing field, the sort of uh, democratization of, of a digital channel, so many other channels are owned and dominated or have gatekeepers and email, you've got this still surprisingly level playing field, in, 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 which the subject line is a, is a critical, uh, critical tool. Critical. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, from a business perspective, that's why I, I, I leaned into doing, uh, email because it is decentralized. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, uh, you know, like for example, Facebook dominates, right. Or Google dominates search. Yeah. It's not really fun in terms of what I do for living, me an agency guy to play in a space that's dominated by one or two providers. That's why email is cool because you need, you need help. You need service providers to kind of wrangle it all together because it's so crazy and complicated. It is. Yeah, it is crazy and complicated. And, um, maybe that's an artifact of, of no ownership, no gatekeeper, not even yeah. no gatekeeper, but like no real big gorillas like you can name a couple but they're actually not that big yeah that's right there's no one dominant force in email yeah and if it is it won't be the same in five years from now <laughs> you know, yeah so. yeah yeah that's that's actually true well okay so, so that's a little bit about why both of us like hanging around here i'm intrigued about one little thing um the subject line you let short you get a few words and maybe you get who it's from to try and influence that all important yeah. next step. Um, have you guys taken the expertise from that and, and done any work in the, uh, still reluctant to say this texting world? Yeah. SMS, you know, we, we really don't play in that space. Yeah. Um, it is a space into itself for sure. Uh, a lot of people do use a subject line tool for stuff like their blog post headlines and things of that nature. Oh, you know, one of the other big things about subject line that uh, we try to do is undo some of the uh, old school myths that are that are in this industry, which drive me bananas. So, uh, you know, and you like like the reason, for example, people you go to the spam folder or the junk folder, yeah. right? You know, if we were writing ten years ago. It was all, it was, everything was content. It was the words that you wrote in your subject line, the characters, capitalizations, the exclamation points that you put in your body copy or the subject line. And, you know, unfortunately, even though technology has changed and the reason, the primary reason you're filtered is because lack of engagement, reputation of your IP address or your domain, uh, there's still this proliferation of, you know, articles and misinformation that you have to avoid, avoid all these words. Here's all the spammy words and the trigger words and don't say this and don't do this. And when in reality, if you go to your inbox, you'll see every major marketer doing all the things that you're supposed to technically avoid because you're going to get filtered. But of course you're staring at your inbox and there they are. They're right in your inbox. You're not getting filtered. So one of the things that we try to do is try to dispel some of these myths that are based on legacy information, because part of the problem with the email community is that there's a foundation of information that's old and it just doesn't get updated and shared to the masses in, in my view. <laughs> yeah. That's why so much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I do think you're right about that. And, um, it, it's not like you can go to industry body X and say, I'd like to be a member and where's the guidebook for email. Yeah. Right. No. Doesn't exist. Well, well, the industry is a little interesting and I have my own issues with whatever we call the industry. Cause I think that there's, it's one of the reasons we're starting the event that we're doing. I think there's two different, uh, sides of this industry. There is people that are uber sophisticated that are parts of these, you know, different groups and go to a handful of these conferences. It's the same, frankly, thousand people that mm -hmm. hang out and you know, we could rattle off the names and they're all going to be the same thousand people over there. 
And then you have big user conferences, the Adobe summits and, 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 uh, inbounds of great, great conferences, but they're users, they're user conferences. And in the middle you have, you know, there's 25 million businesses in this country, all of them are using email yeah, all of and 99% of them were not involved with any of those. And the associations, the DMA is gone and the ANA is great. The ANA is not about direct marketing really. And, uh, it costs a thousand bucks to attend one of their things. So yeah. these 20 million marketers that don't really know how to get educated, they're lost in the middle. And that's, that's hard, you know? Yeah. But, and, 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 and that, that group, I mean, you said it, I'll ask you about it. That, that rather large group in the middle, yeah. uh, is that at least part of the target audience for your new conference undertaking guru conference, correct? Yeah. So I'll tell you about what we're doing there. So, um, I, uh, really building off the whole idea of subject line of trying to put out free content for the masses. I, I personally felt frustrated that when the direct marketing association went away, that there's really not something for the average mark, yeah. the average marketer doesn't understand all the little pieces of deliverability and all of it. Well, the average marketer, where can they go to, to, to learn about, to learn about email? And, uh, they can't spend all the money to go to the conferences. They're not part of the thousand people that go to the same, you know, insider clubby type stuff. And the user conferences are really that I'm like, there has to be something else. So we said, you know, we're going to start up a free conference, a virtual conference. And we're yeah. going to make a two day conference and we call it a guru conference and we're making it a hundred percent free, free, the whole thing's free. And we're lining up major speakers and we said, let's see. If and we're talking about deliverability and creative and, and best practices and all this stuff, B2B, B2C, good for any type of marketer. Uh, and let's see if anybody's interested. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if they would be right. So we put it out there. We said, this is what we're doing. And, and it's in November and to my shock, as I sit here now, we announced this a few months ago. Uh, we have, we just passed 5,000 registrations. Wow. You know, and we have a boatload of sponsors. Uh, we're inundated with people that, you know, want to speak and all this. And we're expecting, we're tracking towards 10,000 uh, uh, registrants, which is, would put it as the single largest, you know, virtual email marketing conference that's ever happened. Um, and so we're not just, now we're not just going to do this in November. We're planning for 2023 different disciplines. We're going to do one on direct mail, how to get advertising, whatever. And they're all going to be free. We're going to try to just, share as much knowledge as we can with as the marketing industry as possible. And so that's, that's what we're doing. I'm congratulations. I'm amazed you had time to talk to me. Like that's, that's quite a rocket ship to launch man. Yeah. We're excited. We're <laughs> super excited. We really are. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I want the average people, people realize that people, there's more people closer to just CCing everybody and hitting send. Yeah. Yeah. There like, are the like, people that are like doing like, you know, uh, dynamic content. Yeah, okay, don't, I mean, don't pick on me, buddy. Don't pick on me. But yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> right. We've got to help those people. Like, you know. I agree. I, I mean, I, I've, I've talked with, I, what was the conversation maybe a year ago? Like, sizable company. And the guy actually said to me, I think it was in an email response. Yeah, f Fred keeps the list and hits send in Outlook. And it was just <laughs> like, yep. Right. Still happens. <laughs> You know, a bazillion people in the BCC equals yeah. email marketing. And it's true. It we're, like, it's true. That's, that's a viable way to get it. It's more common than, you know, all the fancy stuff that we hear about, you know, uh, the inside baseball kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look, I love it all. I love only influencers and EDC and all this. I love it all, but that's not really what's going on on the planet. Well, and, and, and to just to, to recast that and sort of say the same thing over again with a nobody dominates it, uh, channel that is accessible to any small, medium, large business out there for, for the most part, they're all just making it up and hit right. pushing the send button. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know what else is, I think what I see is there's some, some companies have, okay, an email marketing manager or call a CRM manager, whatever it is. Yeah. But the vast majority of companies have a marketing manager, right? And that yeah. marketing manager is supposed to be a catch-all for everything. Everything. <laughs> Good luck to you. I mean, that's just not happening. You have to know search and social and websites and email, whatever. Yeah. So that's why you've got to be, you know, a jack of all trades and a master of none. And we have to help everyone get a little better at being a good jack culture. Well, that, that 
just the, just the numbers response to your new conference, right? Says, holy mackerel, there's an appetite for n appetite for n knowledge that, that isn't just another pitch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're trying to do is make sure that we're, it's not like, this is not a selling thing. We're not, I have no, look, I don't, how am I going to make money? If we get enough sponsors, right, we turn this into, it's going to be a sponsorship thing, but it's not where the sponsors are, you know, doing all the sessions and all that stuff. Um, and uh, I have no, I don't have an agenda uh, at all. You know, I just think that there's a gap in the marketplace and I just feel like everybody needs to get up to speed on what the hell's going on. And it changes so much, you know, yeah, that's, why, why, that's why this podcast is great. Cause you can hear from lots of different industry people on totally different perspectives. Yeah, I, it's, I gotta say it's been a, I think, I think our conversation is number like number 65 or something like that. Wow. Um, Bill Moyers, remember Bill Moyers? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Email. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now Bill Moyers said many, many years ago, it's the privilege of the journalist to be educated in public. Right. I, right. And it's, like, that's kind of, that's kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess listen I get to talk to Jay and he's been in email for quite a stretch and he's, he was DMA at the kitchen table with his parents right. and I'm betting right. he's got a whole bunch of stuff that is going to be very interesting to listen to. Well, I don't know about that, but it is fun to talk about. Um, and it makes me a little sad though, too, because, um, so many, first of all, everybody that I was doing this with is now really the not there anymore. So many companies have disappeared, which is really sad. Um, and then, you know, everybody's always kind of discovering, email. I think that or discovering direct marketing for that matter. Yeah. You know, they think that, oh, this is new. It's really, it's not. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got the background, I get a reference that you've got, you've got the background in direct marketing before all the digital stuff. And I find that that's surprisingly true of people who stick around in the digital marketing space an astonishing number of them have a direct marketing background <laughs> discipline or or just a jones for it frankly and because because it a lot of the dynamics are, are the same right people are people yeah and, and you know now also i think with the explosion of direct to consumer um you know almost every and we we're about 50 percent b2b 50 percent consumer Oh, interesting. But, but you know, when you see brands like you know, Procter and Gamble actually doing direct to consumer marketing, you know, they're, they're sending out emails, trying to get detergent sold directly one-on-one -on -one from an email. That's like, you know, the world has really come a long way, you know, for that to be the case. And so really, uh, it was sad when the direct marketing changed its name, the direct marketing association before it got sold to the NA, they changed their name to the data and marketing association because they were so um embarrassed by the word by the phrase direct marketing direct interesting you know it's like it was a tainted word it means you're junk it means you're a spammer it means you're terrible things it means you're you know uh 1-800 or whatever but you know it's all come full circle where okay maybe maybe we should have realized that is okay that is what we're doing direct to whoever market um well we've got it you know we've we've got a We've got a, uh, a set of challenges that are difficult to address. Let me see if I can parse this really quickly. Um, that, that arc up and over of G direct marketing, embarrassing, wrong associations. I, I, I understand that because the digital commons with not a whole lot of rules <laughs> did get overgrazed, um, arguably still is right. Anybody got every, every message in their inbox read and relevant. No, I didn't think so. Uh, right. Ba bad actors abusing the direct channel are many. Yeah. 100%. And, and, and uh, there's a whole, there are industries and sub industries of, of sort of trying to grapple with that and self self police that, and, and, you know, keep a, keep a bit of a firewall between legit direct and, and oh yeah. my God, would you leave me alone direct? <laughs> um, and, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's going away. Um, the fact that PNG can, can actually say, you know what, this is going to work for us. They wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't work for it. And it tells you, mm, okay, there's something there. I mentioned text and this is an interesting one to parse because it's the, it's the new kid on the block in a way. And I talked with, talk with companies who work in that space and will arm wrestle about email versus text, which is a dumb, dumb thing to arm wrestle over. And everybody has the same reaction at the end of the day. Like, I'm going to be really careful who gets to send stuff to my phone number. 
mm-hmm. right? Like, would you, uh, do you want your phone going off all the time? I don't. Right. Right. Absolutely. So high priority interrupt. We've kind of accepted and started to build, you know, build or buy tools to help us deal with the fact that our inbox is fairly open and ding, 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 ding all the time. Um, cause we, I don't think we can change it. Like the protocols are set and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, um, but navigating, navigating through that and staying relevant and getting opened, which is not just a subject line, but who the heck sent it arguably. Right. Absolutely. Um, it, it is, it is a very difficult puzzle for that 25 million small, medium, even large business to jump into and do well because the rule book's hard to find. A hundred percent. And the rule book also, there's so many variables. I mean, to your point, obviously you have your brand and you have all these other variables at play that, you know, what, what works for this company and this, this offer is not necessarily going to work for this company and this offer. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's almost more teaching about the concept of testing more importantly than whatever it is that is, this is going to work for you best practice or whatever, or, you know, I like to focus on pitfalls to avoid more than things that are really going to work well, mm-hmm. because if you could eliminate kind of the stuff you really shouldn't be doing, yeah. then you have a better chance of it all working. Um, and you know, SMS is a super interesting channel. It's highly responsive. I mean, on a, on a contact first contact basis, certainly more responsive than email, probably if not the most responsive channel, I don't know what is above it, on it is, a, yeah. or pure contact level. I think the challenge is number one is, uh, acquiring data that is compliant. I think it's a massive, massive hurdle. I also think that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we will see privacy legislation, federal privacy legislation in the next few years. And I think that we're going to, that SMS channel is going to be even tighter to build your list around. So I think it's, I, I don't know that email is going to face the same challenge as the SMS will. So it's a hard channel. It's a great channel uh, if you can navigate it. If you can navigate it. Yeah. I, I hope we get that legislation and I hope that email, I hope that email isn't kind of thrown in one stack or another without any consideration for what its particular dynamics are. Last time I checked, because we have no gorillas, we have no lobbyists. Yeah. Right. Well, the lobbyists though, yeah, you're right. We don't have, we have some, I mean, a and is out there lobbying and IAB, but really emails, that's not on their radar. Right. In my opinion, the, the, the lobbyists are going to come from the big, big companies. Yes, it is. Right. And, um, and there are companies, I mean, look at a company like, uh, like a zoom info, for example, mm-hmm. right. Zoom info now is, I don't know what the valuation is, like $10 billion, yeah. whatever it essentially, I mean, you could go to zoom info today, uh, buy a list download it instantly and then, you know, send to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're definitely going to be focused on making sure that that is still viable, yep. you know, mechanism, viable, yep. viable way to whatever, whatever, you know? And so I think that the companies are going to be the ones that really, I, I think, try to lobby this the hardest. Yeah. 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 And yeah, l- l- long, long ran. I'm actually, work- I'm working on a, on a talk, trying to pull some of these threads together because, um, we're at a, we're definitely at a change point, um, broadly speaking and U S is lagged. We, we, we usually, we, the leader lag. And if it's privacy and convenience stuff, we're definitely the laggards, right? Right. EU. Well, look at our, look at the political emails. I mean, oh um, my word. (laughs) Wait until like September, October. Yes. Boxes are going to be good. You ever want to see what email will look like, you know, uh, uh, three or four years from now, you always just look at political emails now because they are the most aggressive. Yes. The tactics they use are crazy and the volume is insane. Volume and is you know, it's like, it's like seeing the future. You're like, it's always like three or four years ahead of what we're doing now. It's, it's unbelievable. Do you guys as an embassy, <laughs> no, no, we will not, we are not touch it, not with a 10 foot pole. And I'm down there in Florida too. And Florida is the wild west. I don't want to get into that. So like, yeah, I wouldn't want anything to do with any of that. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. But, I, I have read about some of the volume numbers and my, my jaws on the table. It's like, how would you crazy. not bozo filter someone who's hammering you that hard, get you know, 20 plus messages a day from the same. Wow. 
Like, it's just amazing that all the political emails, I don't care what side of the, uh, you know, part, what party you're involved with, they're equally horrible, right? And I love how they are immune. They don't, you know, they, they, they don't have to follow any laws. That's the best part, which is why ultimately I don't think that email is going to face the same things as SMS or whatnot, because uh, all these politicians want to be able to pound their lists. I mean, just pound their lists. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a crazy, and I can only imagine Good point. what's going to happen September, October. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and none of us have the attention or checkbook to respond to, respond to each of those meaningfully. So like the, no, yeah. uh, the base equation is just baloney right out of yeah. the gate. I'm interested to see if it, it's a boat anchor on email in general, you know, that you go to your inbox in October and there's so much crap volume of this nonsense and this noise that it, 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 it weighs down a little bit on all the rest of our emails that we're sending out. Uh, because the level of bad stuff that's going to be filling up your inbox is just going to be exponential this year. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, wow. Well, let's not depress ourselves. <laughs> go there. That's not fun. Wait, if you, your your first conference is November? November. Yeah, we're doing well. Very excited. Yeah. And uh, we're rolling out, you know, um, where we're figuring out different speakers, different stuff. And um, we're really also trying to make it uh, uh, a little different than some of these other email events that take place. I feel like sometimes the email events, you have the same crew no, of people. Yes. You know, everyone's on a cycle, the same people speak in the same voices, the same ideas. And so we're going to try to mix that up a little bit here and see if we can get some, some excitement. From. Nick, you yourself, um, have spoken a good number of times at, uh, I want to say inbound, right? HubSpot yeah. event. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. I HubSpot intrigues me yeah. as, as a as a company, as a, uh, how they've executed, like there are a lot of those 25 million folks who have at least some HubSpot thing somewhere in their ecosystem, which is like, it's like getting the keys to a supercar and going, Hmm, I wonder if this thing's fun to drive. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. HubSpot's a great, great platform and it's great community that they built. Uh, right. they had a lot of content. A oh yeah, a lot of content and inbound is no joke. I mean, uh, I uh, last year was virtual. I think they had 65,000 attendees. Whoa. Um, it's really insane. So this year, yeah, I'll be up in Boston this year and they're doing it virtual and in person simultaneously. Um, it's, it's a massive, massive event. Um, and they look, they do a great job and these years, I, that one, I, I call it a user conference. It's probably not fair to call it a user conference because they're not sitting there shoving HubSpot down your throat. They're really not doing that. Yeah. Whereas some of the other user conferences, they are in fact user conferences. I mean, I don't have a problem with, you know, Dreamforce. I don't have a problem with Adobe Summit, but they are certainly user conferences. Um, uh, inbound is more for, for everybody because that's also HubSpot's kind of vibe. You know, they want to be for, yeah. for everybody. But you touched on something I think is really important, which is in general, I think one of the, the biggest mistakes that people in the email marketing space that are email marketers do is they onboard platforms. And this is not a HubSpot thing, it is in general. They onboard, they get sold on platforms that have all these bells and whistles. And they wind up paying for things that they don't use 90% of the capabilities of the platforms are on. Yeah. And then, you know, a year in, they get frustrated, like it costs too much, or they're frustrated for whatever reason, then they want to move to another platform. Yeah. It's this, it's this ongoing, uh, it's like they're the nomads, like everyone just keeps wanting to, no one's ever happy with who they're with, or they're like, it's okay, it's fine, it's very expensive. Nobody ever on board what's good for them. They're like in some version of denial every time they think they need more, uh, when they don't. Well. You know, I, I'll put on a, I'll put on a tech vendor in the space hat, right? We want our business to grow. So we'll, 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 I'm crap at it, but we'll put on our sales hat and go, oh, this'll, this will actually help you. Right. And that is a highly dependent question. This will help you if you, you know, know what you're doing, have your data organized, uh, you know, follow even a modicum of decent practices that, 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 that. And if those things aren't true. Does it no. matter what functions and features in the platform? Right. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and what, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you see the person too, you know, uh, yeah. uh one of the endeavors that we're working on in my business or my outcome media businesses that we're trying to build what we're calling a verified consultant network. Uh, because what we see is every, if you have a platform, you need help. You have HubSpot, you have Clavio, you have, you know, Bluecore, you have, yeah. uh, I don't care what you have. Yeah. Yeah. You need help. You need a human being that's really good at that and invariably uh, that person is not working at that company, right? Right. And when you, when you onboard, let's say you bring on Marketo. Okay, great. I'm Marketo. When you do a deal with Marketo, they go, okay, you get 20 hours of our consultant as part of your, you know, instance or whatever. And then after the 20 hours, good luck to you. And that's kind of how all of these platforms work. You get allotted a certain amount of time. And then everybody's kind of lost in the wilderness. They don't know how to use their damn systems. And so we're trying to build up for every single platform, you know, what we're calling verified consultants that we know and we say, oh, you have a problem with, uh, whatever. Great. We're going to introduce you to this person because it's like, very rarely do you talk to any company and say, we love our platform. We have an expert on it internally, mm-hmm. totally under control. And we are getting the most out of it. Like, I don't think I've ever heard any. Yeah. 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 I like believe that. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I God. believe you because yeah. It is a super, it is a supercar problem. And if you get someone who's on top of it for your company, yeah, they're going to leave. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Or they're going to cost way too much for you to bring them on. Right. And you know, it's just like, and that's why you don't get out anything out of your platform. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, it's a crazy. You, you mentioned it. I think it's worth a quick riff. The cost, cost, cost too much. Um, there is a funny dynamic about, I, I pick on email in particular here that the, the sort of, uh, stepchild, no budget, um, thing about email, like stats over and over say how effective it can be as a channel. Right. And every email marketer I've ever talked to is like, we don't have enough time. We're too busy. We don't have the resources. Like, why is that writ large? that, that something that's effective basically is always sucking wind, looking for resources. Well, yeah, it's a hundred percent true. Meanwhile, there is one stat that's floating around this industry, I would say for the last 15 years, which I totally think is a misleading stat, but everybody uses, which it says it was from the DMA ironically, but now it's peddled by everybody that for every dollar spent on email, it's return of $46. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the dumbest stat in the world. First of all, it's a load of garbage. Okay. It's not, it's not right. And it's so old and it's based on like the most smallest amount, the smallest data set of all time it has not been updated in 15 years. But if you go and you Google, like what's the value of, a, of a, every dollar you spend, you'll see it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it is, this yeah. is that, that stat in and of itself is email where we take information that is so old and legacy and we just run around with it all for like ever. And that's it. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's crazy. It's like stick an emoji in your separate body. No, I can't do that. Everything will fall apart. Like, no, it's not true. <laughs> like relax. Life will go on. Uh, yeah. So look, email is never going to be, uh, it's the tortoise and the hare. It's, it's people always think it's legacy. People always think that it's, it's boring and that it's dying. I mean, uh, emails demise been going on, you know, forever. Yeah. Uh, and it will continue being. What was going to kill email? AOL was going to kill email. Slack was going to kill an email. Facebook Messenger was going to kill email. I can't even count how many people have come out with like all these different types of inboxes that will, you know, stop email from getting in or this stuff. I mean, every year something is killing email. Um, but it's the cockroach of, of, uh, of marketing. <laughs> it's unfortunate that, you know, we're both involved with it, but it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it is, it is fascinating because it's a mess. It is fascinating because it's a, a cockroach, if you will. Um, and I'll, it's quite robust, right? When all said and done, we're talking about 20 plus year old mechanisms oh, yeah. that are working at, and keep growing at a ridiculous scale. What are we up to? 317 billion a day or something like that. It's like. Holy mackerel, that's remarkable. Like that's remarkable that it's still working. Yeah, and even look like with the Apple with the Apple chip, iOS 15. I mean, how many said, you know, 
app email's going to die. My favorite part about it was, and I know you guys did a lot of work on this. I actually was on your site when it was all happening. You guys had like, there was good data on it in terms of open rate impact and yeah. all that. Um, and then every article came out and said, every, the open rate is dead. No one's going to track open rate, right? It's, it, it's, it's a dead metric. Let's all focus on the click. It's all click, blah, blah, blah. Engagement's going to change. And yeah, probably for like the thousand most sophisticated email people, that's actually happening. But the funny part about the iOS 15 thing is when I talk to everybody, I talk regular marketers, I would say 90% of them have not heard about the iOS 15 thing. Yeah. Even as of today, they don't yeah. even know it exists. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they still are looking at their open rate and like, they're actually high-fiving themselves because they think that it's up. It's going up. Yeah. And they're yeah. doing great. They go up. Every conversation is. Our open rate is great. Our click to rate's not as good. You know, our yeah. click to open's not as good, yeah. but we're doing great. And they're like, so people are just living in, you know, in the dark. I'm a big believer open rate's still really, really, really important as a directional metric, not as an absolute metric, yeah. because, you know, you could create your own benchmarks, try to beat it still, even with the whole Apple thing. Uh, but it's just funny, like, like we live in this like small bubble. We think that everybody knows everything. No, no. Well, I, I, I I, I don't, I don't have these conversations to like pitch company stuff, but we did it. We did a ton of deep technical work and like, we've actually wrestled open rates back into statistical accuracy. I actually thought of that. I yeah. Saw that. But you know what? No one cares. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, my, my ESP has yeah. rates and I know that they're inaccurate, but that's fine. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, no, you're hundred percent right. Cause I actually did. And, and again, you know. Uh, I, I did see that you guys kind of like cracked the code where, you know, there really wasn't, and I'm not just blowing smoke because I'm talking to you. There wasn't really anybody in the marketplace that came up with a solution Nobody that I saw at least that kind of cracked the code. And you guys, and, and to your massive credit, you guys came up with a real viable, uh, seemingly super accurate, uh, way to do that. And unfortunately, I believe what you're saying, which is nobody, yeah, didn't matter. nobody cares. It's, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. just like. Basically, everyone's operating. I just get it out. Just send it out. Did it go out? Right? Did anybody complain? Yeah. You know, did we get yeah. any orders? That's like, yeah. you know, they're yeah. just not. You know, they, they don't care. You know? Yeah, and I have to like, okay, take all of the take all of the peak and energy and put it in a ball and right. throw it in the wastebasket. Go, uh, okay, we actually learned that we learned some really useful stuff, and uh, it'll be valuable at at some point, or it'll matter to somebody. Like if you're a publisher. Where the yeah. message itself is the thing, yeah. Then, then knowing better, like who opened is actually probably relevant to your business. Yeah, but, yeah. I think super sophisticated email marketers would benefit massively from your from your tool. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get there. It's uh, uh it was if nothing else. It was one heck of a technical um, what I'm sure undertaking. Like, wow, that was a that was that was a fun ride. Um, we we have to have to learn some good stuff. We did some good stuff, so that's okay. Anyway, anyway. Um, so how do you juggle the things you juggle? That's a lot of companies on your dark oh, yeah. profile, man. Oh yeah, you know it is, it, and it's your credit. I mean, to your point, it is it is a juggle. Um, you know, I I uh, I don't I I don't know. I I love all this stuff. I really do. Um. And, you know, now that everybody's virtual, we're about a hundred or so people running around yeah. between all the different stuff. And, uh, we took everybody virtual when the pandemic started. And then, um, I decided to keep virtual. We decided to go permanently virtual. And that's been really helpful because we were able to onboard more people and consultants and stuff like that. So to scale up, that's been, that's been really a benefit for us. Um, which I never, I never thought we could have been a virtual company before, but that's allowed us to be a little bit more flexible and kind of try to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the conference business, the fact that we're right now keeping it all virtual, it, it's, it's a much, it's not easy, but it's much easier lift than if we were trying to do stuff in person. Live conference. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, in-person stuff is, is just a different animal. I just got back from, uh, Monday, I was up in, in, in Canada. I live near Canada. I was up in Canada in a town called Kelowna for the first live conference I've been to since the curtain went down. Um, and I would guess attendance at that conference was maybe 25% of what they'd hoped for. Wow. To their credit, they, they did top tier small conference. Like they had the DJ, the lights, the screens, like they did, they did it right. And it was delightful to be there. 
and they didn't have a virtual leg to it, which, which was the right decision for that kind of content. But I'm like, Hmm, I think conference businesses to like to what you're doing, uh, have, have an interesting, like three forked road ahead of them. Do we go live only? Do we go hybrid? Do we go on? Do we go online only? Right. It's just like companies are facing that same forks, you know, forks in the road. You know, what's interesting is that, um, I've never been, you know, we launched this guru events, uh, that's the mothership of guru conference. And I, I'd never been in this business. I never put on a conference before. So I'd never spoken to sponsors before. Yeah. And so, uh, now we're having, you know, all these conversations. We got a bunch of sponsors, which is great, but the sponsors actually prefer in person. Yes. They, you know, I mean, they do not, and they, yes. they don't love the virtual thing because they don't, they can't sell clothes, do whatever. So that, that dynamic was a little, you know, uh, I didn't expect that, uh, you know, how, how much they were like, no, we want in person. I went to, oh, the I went to my first conference I've been to in a while, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was in, uh, DC and there was about a thousand people. There was something so funny though. So when you go to the registration desk, they ask you, do you want a green, yellow, or red badge? And I go to the, I go, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, well, green badge means you're willing to shake hands. Yellow means you only want to do elbow and red means you only wait. And so I'm like, well, give me the green. Everyone's walking around. They're like, you know, elbowing or waving. And it was just like, you know, it was a whole situation. It was wild. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because if you me. She was wearing a red and, you know, and look, I'm all for them. Very into vaccination, all that stuff. But she was there. She was wearing the red, which means so go near and she had, you know, ma mask on the whole thing. And she's like, uh, can I have your business card? So I go to give my business card. She goes, oh, I don't want to touch it. I go, okay, what do we do? And she goes, well, you just hold it up so I can take a picture of it. And I said to the woman, I go, listen, I love meeting you. I go, but if this is, you know, if you're this like kind of like worried, which is funny. And I go, what are you doing here? You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, it's just, you know, it's a crazy world. It's just a crazy world. Yeah. And we're, we'll, we're fumbling our way back personally, professionally, and so on. But back to your sponsor thing for a second. Um, it, it is a tough decision. I mean, I'll put on my, put on my tech, you know, vendor hat for a second. Yeah. I, live sponsorships always drove me crazy because, uh, if you've got someone who's really good at conference sales, and making the rounds and getting the intros, it pays off. Yeah. And if, sure. and, and if that's not your stick, it's like, oh, how many thousands am I going to flush down the hole of the booth and all that other stuff? Uh, and the virtual yeah. conferences, like the early attempts at that a couple of years ago were, uh, you know, we did some sponsorships and it was like, ah, that was kind of money flushed down the support the industry, help our friends in the conference business yeah. hole. And as it's reformulated, man, we got to be better than just a random sales conversation or the virtual stuff is, is going to, is, I don't know how the business model for that actually works. I don't think yeah, it's hard. It's hard. We've it's tried, hard. you know, we've tried really hard to come out with, um, uh, things that can lead to tangible, you know, opportunities. Right. So, I mean, that's a, and I'm not trying to promote like hubs, but just ideas that we came out with that we're doing. So for example, at the end of every session, when you do a virtual session, as you say, it gives you, you, you rate the speaker, you know, is this pretty good, five, four, three, two, one. That's what you do at, at normally at every virtual session. So what we're doing is we're having, um, a sponsor being able to ask, you know, like one or two questions say, are you in the market, you know, for a new platform or do you need help with whatever? Yes. No. Would you like to hear from so-and-so? And so that question is going to be, you know, asked at the end of every session to, you know, everybody attending that session. And then the, the leads are going to go to that. So we're trying to create things that you actually get an opportunity rather than just your logo floating around. So yeah. who cares about that? You know, type of thing. but it is hard, you know, it's a different, it's a different animal. It's a different animal. Yeah. And you know, we'll figure it out. It, this is a weird input, but the most useful conference I ever remember going to was on September 10th, 2001. Oh, well, that's a, that's a crazy day. Almost. Well, no, the next day was crazy. Right. Right. But right. the conference, get this, the conference, what I was a CIO at the time, big company. And the conference was on a cruise ship and it was vendors paid CIOs. Folks like me got to go free. 
but because it was on a cruise ship and they had the sort of scheduled meetings with the vendor and like you signed up, if you're going, you're going to sit down with these vendors that you're interested in talking to. It took a lot of the random, um, who's really good at buttonholing people out of the conversation. And I had these awesome 30 or 45 minute slots to really dig in with the guys who were in the, I don't know, data warehouse or whatever the heck this space was like, we were having surprisingly useful, com I don't think we'll use you guys, but I really understand what your stuff does. Now you really understand why we won't use you guys and let's stay in touch and so on. Asterisk being on a British flagged cruise ship on the, the next morning was a freaking strange experience. Uh, yeah, that, that. Cause they made us go to international waters and be out of contact all oh, day. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is bizarro. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, my, my 9 11 experience was, was, uh, well, distinct. You know, uh, uh, for me, I was in the city on the 10th and on the 11th. Yeah. I was supposed to do an in-person, uh, uh, class at the world trade center for the direct marketing association, teaching them email basics, so email 101 on the 11th. And I was in the city. I came in on the 10th and I was supposed to be there on the 11th. And then it was going to be like, I don't know, like in the afternoon or something. And it obviously that was it. It was just the craziest thing. It was just the weirdest thing. So yeah, that was look, that was just a crazy time in general. Yeah. I mean, last, last, uh, change event of that magnitude of, of what we're grappling with, you know, post pandemic of like, okay, the rules are different, Yeah, we'll sort them out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Email has been a huge, huge thing during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of reasons, because obviously not just a communication channel, especially also on the, on the B2B side of marketing, because you, there were, you know, you couldn't send out direct mail anymore to people, be, be over where they are, right? You didn't know where to find people. And email is one of the channels that, you know, you could find people no matter, no matter where they are. Yeah. Um, so I. If anything, email went through even more of a renaissance, I think, during the pandemic um, than than even before. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think, I think, I think you're right about that. I, I, I think we'll we'll find the new rule book, pull itself together, and go. Wow, that did work really well. But the practitioner who's doing it is probably so busy continuing to do it well. <laughs> don't have time to write the book. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everybody's spinning a lot of plates. Hundred percent. Spinning a lot of plates, indeed. Well, you're spinning. You're spinning a lot of plates yourself. Well, I, uh, I am looking forward to seeing your conference come to life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have to talk offline about getting you involved. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. It's gonna, uh, it's be one parting question. What, what if anything do you th think? will be different about email in three to five years. The future of email question. Yeah, that's well, it's the name of the podcast, uh, right? Um, I, I do think that, um, I think that eventually this whole idea of, of interactivity of emails will start to take hold, I think more, you know, this whole idea of AMP and, and all this stuff. Um, I know markets are messing with it now. I do think fast forward three to five years, I think email will look more like websites that are being delivered. Um, I think we'll get there. I do think that, that we'll get there. Um, and my hope for email is that there's a level of sophistication that the average marketer has, that they don't have, um, today. Mm. That's, that's my hope that there's a proliferation of, of good information. But if you fast forward, I don't think it's going to be radically different. I mean, if you look back five years ago and to five years to now, it's not I don't think different. it's that much different. Yeah, I'd agree. So, uh, so I don't think that the form and I don't think you're going to lose your front address and your subject line and your pre-header and your body copy. And yeah, yeah, I, I just don't see that happening. What do you think? I, I think we've got a lot of work ahead of us to achieve the first part of your vision. Um, and I've got some very strong opinions about how to get there, which I have to take the time to, you know, push and write down and support and stuff like that. But, um, I, I think the technical and standards work to make email more interactive is running into the freight train of privacy. And that it's going to make it even harder to pull that off. Um, 
So I suspect it'll look more like today's than yesterday's, uh, more like today's, um, and, and less like what we'd like it to be. If we're, if we've started to move in a, in a richer, more media, more interactive direction, which is kind of my, that's my bag. Um, yay. Great. I will be there pushing. Um, I hope so. Right? I'm not going to yeah. stop pushing. Um, <laughs> I looked this up to, to fit into the talk I'm doing next week about all this stuff. You can still get a radio in a Tesla. And why am I talking about that? Radio is from the thirties. There's two standards. Your car has an AM FM radio. So does mine. And you can get an AM FM radio in a Tesla. Technologies don't go away, particularly communication technologies. They kind of jostle for what's their role and function. And they keep finding a role and function and they don't actually go away. Even when they're that old, it's 500 bucks extra to get a radio in your Tesla, but you can get a radio in your Tesla. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that is email. I mean, email's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. No, totally agree. Like, unless everybody can collectively always remember every password and they don't need to do a forgot my password button, you know, then email might have a problem. But until everybody can remember every password, I think we're safe. What that, I mean, that utility use of email, like that one's fascinating in and of itself. Like, you know, we, we, we create systems. And when we were putting the, how does someone sign in? What did we do? Email the password, right? Like, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Social media will kill email, but by the way, you need email to kill social media. God, yeah. yeah. That's it. Well, Jay, we could probably go for hours on this, which I would certainly enjoy, but I want to respect your time. Thanks so much for the conversation today. This is awesome. Thank you for including me. It's a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. Thanks. Cool. My guest has been Jay Schwedelson, uh, founder of subjectline.com and president and CEO of Outcome Media. Thanks, Jay. Cool. Thank you.